0: Welcome to South Carolina Launches CEO Podcast, where we hear from CEOs on their entrepreneur
1: experience. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SC Launch uh, CEO Podcast. Uh, my name is Will Cruz. I am an investment manager with uh, SCRA. Our guest today is Laura Bocanfuso, and she is CEO of Van Robotics. You know, welcome Laura and thank you for the time to speak with us today. I've also had the great pleasure I get to work with Laura as I am, am her assigned investment manager. so I know firsthand how bright, smart, and intelligent she is. But uh, for the audience out there, uh, Laura, do you want to give us maybe you know a, a story, your journey, how you got started? your mission, your vision, who Van Robotics is, why'd you become an entrepreneur, all that fun stuff that I'm sure many of us, including myself, would like to hear.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on the the podcast. I'm really excited to share what we're doing at Van and how it got started and all that good stuff. Um, And thank you, Will, for all the insight and perspective you've already provided um, offline. So Van Robotics is really sort of the culmination of many years of academic research, right? I, I fully intended to be a professor when I was in grad school. That was kind of the, that was the target, right? I was gonna be a professor, I was gonna research, I was gonna help people by sort of unearthing new things about AI and technology and how we could help kids. Well, about my about second to the last year that I was working on my PhD, I started to really think about the need in the market for products like the ones we were building in the research lab and the, the lack of them, and really the, the need um, among a lot of schools and parents and counselors and interventionists for having social robots that could kind of support kids in a different way. And so I left, uh, I finished my PhD at USC and went to Yale and studied there with some people that were doing work on sort of, you know, how do you identify these trouble areas in kids that have learning challenges? And so, long story short, um, that path being at yale they had a great entrepreneurship program that i dipped my toe in uh just to see how the water felt and see if i kind of had a knack for it and that was it that was that was the beginning of entrepreneurship for me because i realized that we had what it took to build a really good product i knew we did i knew we had great market intelligence about what people wanted because we've been doing it for so long Um, but we didn't really, I didn't have the expertise on how to start a a company. So Van Robotics really, got started as a workshop project in the back room of my house when I was still uh, a research scientist at Yale, and then really became sort of the, um, um, you know, a company when I left academia altogether, joined Techstars Accelerator, and then, um, you know, really started building the company from there.
1: So I'm sure you've, As all entrepreneurs, we face challenges, you know, uh, of of all sorts, all along the spectrum. Um, And I know you faced yours. Can you highlight some of those challenges and how you overcame them, how you approached them, your viewpoint on them, and, you know, just recommendations to anybody facing, you know, because we're probably facing some and maybe not all that you faced.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really great question because it's probably... I share some of the same challenges with other entrepreneurs and there's probably some that other entrepreneurs don't have. I think fundamentally for me, it was not really understanding what it took, it sort of the building blocks of how to start a company. You know, we knew the product, like I said, we had a lot of experience with that and the market and we kind of understood who our customer was gonna be. But building the company was something that I didn't have a lot of expertise in, um, had not worked at a startup before, had not done it before. So joining Techstars and kind of getting into an accelerator program was game-changing for me because it it was really like drinking out of a fire hose as they say, but just doing that for three months solid where all you did was work with other entrepreneurs, talk to people who had exited companies, you know, really kind of get in the weeds of what it takes to build a company, how, how to build a financial model, for example, how to build a code of market strategy, right? All these things that you really need to have a handle on before you start building the company. So that was the first challenge and and I felt like the accelerator was got me on the right road to continue learning about that. The second major challenge was funding, you know, and I think that that probably a lot more entrepreneurs have this challenge um, than not. And I think that the best thing I think that happened was that um, I know the traditional sort of my understanding of the traditional way of funding a company was really going to you know VCs and angels and that was great I had some funding very little funding from that perspective but um, what I did have was a lot of research experience and that really opened up the door and I and I felt like I would do whatever it took to get the the company founded um, and get it built So that kind of opened the door to the idea that why not try other resources, right? Why not fund the beginnings of the company with grants? Um, And so SCRA really stepped in and was the first grant funding that we received that got really the very proof of concept product off the ground. And so I think that, again, was another game changer for me was, hey, okay, this is this is a viable way of funding early projects. Like we could, we could use grant money to actually build the first MVP and right. we did.
1: Got it, good to know. So I hear lots of, you know, me being a, a former founder myself multiple times. Um, founders have this, this idea that, you know, if you pivot, right, we hear pivoting all the time. That's a bad thing investors won't like it means that we had the wrong plan and we're going down the wrong path now. And is it going to take us longer? Or should we have done a pivot? Um, What's your perception on that? Did you have to pivot? What are your, you know, is that good, bad, or advice to a founder?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it depends, right? I mean, I think the pivot is sometimes essential and sometimes a distraction. I think you have to kind of know your company and the trajectory of the product and the market really well to buy into a pivot and then to really foster that buy-in from your whole team, right. your company, your investors, everyone that's kind of backing you, you have to be the best cheerleader for that. And you have to really go into it with full confidence that this is the right trajectory. For us, like we launched January of 2020, we launched a product that was going to be sold to schools. And while January and February were going like gangbusters, March hit and COVID shut the whole thing down. And we started getting emails from parents. Um, Our just so happens that even though we had taped our Shark Tank show in September of 2019, it didn't air for the first time until May of 2020. So right when we were trying to figure out how are we going to manage this this gulf, basically, where we're not going to have a lot of school sales because of this situation with COVID, Shark Tank aired, and we started getting all these requests from parents and from people at hospitals and people in YMCA's and Boys and Girls Clubs that were trying to figure out how they could sort of meet the needs academically of their kids that weren't going to school. So for us, it was a strategic decision to pivot and to create a home version, which At the time was the right decision uh, because it did. It sustained us for the next seven, eight months.
1: Wow. Impressive. Glad to hear that. Didn't know that myself. That's something (laughs) new I learned about that. Didn't know you guys made that pivot. A pivot sounds like it worked and it's working.
0: It did. And I have to say, since kids went back to school, I think the home we've decided sort of collectively that that's probably not going to be where we focus most of our resources and time because it the the market for the schools is really designed for that product was really designed for classroom use Um, and so while we still do some home sales it's definitely evened out so now that the school sales have way surpassed the home sales
1: got it the other thing i've learned as a founder and you tell me your thoughts on this is I had to learn to say no a lot more. Give me your thoughts on that advice to other founders too, because it's a hard thing. Would you say or would you agree?
0: Yes. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, I think in the beginning, you want to just say yes, because you're you're <laughs> excited, right? And you're like, everyone knows more than I do about this or that or this particular thing. And so you just want to say yes and try to keep the momentum going. But it is, um, it, it is sort of, self-defeating if you say yes too much to things that aren't going to serve the company and you know I think for me anytime any time I, I really consider getting involved in a new project or a new endeavor or even something that may um, you know a new feature for example for the company I always spend some time thinking specifically about whether it's going to help the company or not is this yeah. going to help us be a better team is this going to help us produce a better product um, because if it's not, it, it it's not the time is too valuable. So I think learning to say no to things that aren't a direct, you know, benefit to the team or the company, it's almost like an essential skill, right? Because at some point, you're going to have a lot of people ask you to do a lot of things, right? If you're successful, that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I got two more questions. As far as, you know, we're entrepreneurs right we're founders it eats up so much it's like it becomes our life right how do you balance that with your personal life of okay this is what I do this is keeping the stress off this is how I balance my family my kids I how do you do that because I everybody handles it different some people don't handle it very good at all Um, but yeah I'm curious for your thoughts
0: Yeah, I think in the beginning, I didn't do that very well. I think especially in the first year and a half, I I did not balance it very well. I was, I'm an all-in kind of person that goes, (laughs) that goes for my, my marriage, my family. You know, I, I feel that way about my, my, you know, my people. Right. But I also felt that way about the company and, you know, a fledgling company requires so much attention and nurturing and curating and all of that that it's easy to to not balance well. So I think in the first year and a half did not do that very well. I think I had a a time when um, we had some close family members and friends kind of go through some health crises. And it really reminded me that uh, as important as the fledgling company was and investing in that company, if I didn't take care of me, um, right? And if I didn't take care of my family, which is part of me, Uh, that wasn't going to last very long. So um, I I really made a concerted effort to back off a little bit and to have real boundaries in where the company ended and where personal time begins. And I I hope that I have also instilled that value in our team members. Um, We have a pretty good PTO sick leave policy. We're pretty flexible on the flex time. We really encourage our team members to kind of embrace that same mentality because it's great for them. I think it's important to, to say it, not just put it on paper in a policy, but like actually talk about it. And, and it's important, I think, um, you know, for everybody that that comes in contact with them, so.
1: I think it's awesome. I think that's absolutely great advice from a founder, from, you know, a mom, I'm sure. You know, you you use some of those same instincts of, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, I'm all in. When I say I'm in, I'm in, and I'm going to go gangbusters, but I got to pull the reins back like you. just yeah. as you said. And I probably wasn't as good either when I first started and I still struggle with it, but thank you for that. Um, last question, you and I are working together as CRA, you know, what comes to mind, you know, the impact the value that the relationship has bought um, and brought to you, uh, helping your organization grow, accelerating things that you need to learn or support or help with, or exposure to other resources, you know, what yeah. comes to mind on that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think from the very beginning, you know, SCRA was willing to give us a chance, right? They were willing to give us the ability to prove ourselves from the very sort of very embryonic state that we were in when we started with, with uh, SCRA, it was, Really, we didn't even have like we had one 3D printed model, right? And so they they gave us guardrails to kind of follow and and um, and really in, insisted that we create um, milestones and deliverables that right. could keep us accountable for spending the first you know 25,000 grant that we got from them. And then later, um, I think that really proved to be effective because. Every single time you enter into, um, you know, a, a new organization, you're, you have a partnership, for example, with SCRA. Um, that becomes uh, an opportunity to establish really strong relationship with that organization, the people in it, right? Because they're taking a chance on you, right? They, right? They're looking at all these other people and they're saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you this opportunity." And I think that's really sacred. I think that that's that says a lot about. The um, the mission and the focus of SCRA is that they said, listen, there's a there's a single founder here. There's a there's a you know person who's got this 3D printed prototype, and she has some ideas, and we think maybe it could, maybe not, but like let's give her some guidelines. And so from that perspective, I think SCRA has been tremendous in providing some of that early structure. And since then, I think they have um, they have really helped us kind of celebrate with the community, uh, not just our successes on social media and that kind of thing and sort of getting the word out, but also with people um, who are stakeholders in the community that have been able to help us either from a business perspective or from a consulting perspective, that kind of thing.
1: I get to, I'm fortunate. I've, I've been working with you firsthand. So I'm glad SCRA, they made the wise decision and, and, and taking a risk on you. I'm glad that they did, and I can obviously I can vouch for that because you are an exceptional person, exceptional founder. Um, And I know you got lots of things going on, but I think you're starting uh, a raise uh, pretty soon, right? Uh, A fundraise?
0: Yes. Yes. We are actually in the stages of planning that raise right now. Um, We're really excited about it. There's some amazing opportunities in the next two years, Um, and this raise is going to help us really. Um, sort of pour gas on the fire that's already going, right? We've had tremendous, um, you know, scaling this last six months or so, but the last quarter in particular has been remarkable in terms of our sales growth. And it just, you know, it just kind of speaks to the demand in the market for what we're doing. Um, So we know that getting the word out is really important. And this raise is going to help us do that to a much greater extent. Um, The raise is also going to help us really build the infrastructure because, one of, the, one of our dreams since, since the beginning of the company was really being able to manufacture and build these robots in the US wow. um, and in South Carolina in particular. I think that would be fantastic. So we're really developing the infrastructure to be able to do that and to become much more self-reliant in terms of uh, you know, supply chain and product development.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so super excited about this raise because I think it's going to beckon sort the, of the next phase of growth for this company.
1: I'm excited as much as you are, cause I get to see it and be involved in it with you. So um, couldn't thank you enough. I thank you for your time. Um, I'm sure everyone's gonna be excited out there of uh, the next phase for Van Robotics.
0: Thank you so much, appreciate it.